Hello, brother. I'm Grace. Hello, brother. I'm Stephanie. And this is Doppelgangers. Today, we're talking about season five, episode 19 of The Vampire Diaries, which is called Man on Fire. I had a lot of fun with this one. This was an Enzo-centric episode. It was Enzo-centric, and it ended with one of the more major deaths we've had in a while. We'll talk about implications of that. And another secondary death, Sloane, I wouldn't really call as major as Enzo, but, you know, she did die too. I got to give her her flowers. Yeah. I was like, what secondary death? (laughs) (laughs) When we're away from the travelers, it's just so much more fun. I love Enzo as a character. I think he's a lot of fun. I mean, I know we're meant to believe this might be the end of his story. (laughs) No, I'm not buying that. I knew you would love Enzo. I mean, he's very Klaus. He's like a Klaus-Damon hybrid. It's my bread and butter. Yeah, we've been waiting for him for a while. When I first started the show, again, I was reading spoilers. I knew there was a character named Enzo coming up, and it surprised me how long it took him to be introduced, given the amount of love that was there for him. Mm -hmm. Especially with what may be a short tenure, the love was quite shocking. Yeah, I feel confident that this is not the end of his, his time. And I'll go into my reasoning for that, but it's mostly that I just refuse to believe it. Yeah. <laughs> Which, hey, you know what? <laughs> it's worked before. <laughs> before we get into the episode, here is a quick break for an ad. I'll start, as always, by reading the synopsis from Vampire Diaries Wiki. Stefan tries to distract Elena from obsessing about the state of her relationship with Damon, while Bonnie does her best to be realistic about how the changes happening on the other side will affect her existence as the anchor. Damon demands the traveler knife, forcing Jeremy and Matt to admit it has gone missing. Through flashbacks to election night 1960, Enzo reveals to Elena, Stefan, and Bonnie that he has learned what happened to his long-lost love, Maggie, and then, with the unwilling help of Liv and Luke, things take an ugly turn. Trying to calm Enzo down, Damon intervenes, but his words cause Enzo to make a desperate and dangerous decision that leads to a violent confrontation with Stefan. Marcos enlists Sloane's help in a ritual designed to break an ancient curse against the Travelers. Tyler is forced to play a dangerous part in the ritual. Uh, he just sits there. He's mostly just stuck observing it. <laughs> yeah. While witnessing the incredible power the Travelers now possess. I find it interesting that such a big focus of this episode is like election night, which usually when we have like a big event, it's like Remembrance Day or some (laughs) fake holiday. So I find it fascinating that they picked like a real day. Maybe there's just an interest in JFK. Maybe there is. And let me tell you, this didn't air anywhere near an election. It aired in April of 2014. What's funny about it is like, yes, it's election day and there's like TVs, but it's not like they're at a voting booth. It could have been literally any day. I honestly think it's because they needed a day that was somewhat memorable enough to be able to say, oh, yeah, I know where I was November 8th, 1960. Yes. And when he said November 8th, I was like, is this election day? Like as kind of a joke. And then it was. And I was like, oh, (laughs) goofy. We start the episode at the Whitmore version of the grill. Again, we still don't know what this place is called. So I just have been calling it Whitmore Grill. Stefan had a mug that had like, I swear it said like SLCU on it or something. Huh. I don't know if I actually remember those letters right, but I like in that order, but I feel like it had some of those letters. And I remember thinking like, oh, maybe we'll find out what it's called. I didn't clock enough to get it, but. Maybe there's a name somewhere. You know, just for fun, I'm going to look it up on Vampire Diaries Wiki because if I've learned anything, Vampire Diaries Wiki has 
a lot of information that I could speculate on. Yeah. I'm on the Whitmore College page. Oh, it's called Skullber. S-C-U-L-L. Okay, so look at me getting the letters out. I know, very nice. The mentalist. (laughs) Anyway, it's called Skullber. So we're at Skullber. I'll start calling it that. Stefan is reading and Elena brings him a bagel. And she says, breakfast, Professor Salvatore? He says, okay, I see what you're doing. Distraction tactics, stay focused. And he takes out some flashcards. He says, okay, so psychology, sociology, anthropology share the assumption that, and Elena says, scientific methods can be used to understand human behavior. Again, why is Stefan studying? Also, like, the back of the flashcard is facing her. Yeah. In the whole scene. As Caroline so aptly put it when Catherine was pulling this, Stefan, who doesn't go to college, (laughs) whatever. Stefan says, very good answer, as in verbatim, which means I need to ask you more difficult questions. And so she says, okay, well, we're done studying then. She says, thank you. She says, well, I'm not going to just look smart by knowing the flashcards. Then what was the point of this? Yeah, then why'd I invite you here? (laughs) And I guess I'll talk about your brother. He says, oh, thanks for what? And she says, for volunteering to help me study the day after Damon declared we can't be friends and that he never wants to see my face again. Speaking of distracting tactics. And Stefan just says, you're welcome. And then Bonnie approaches and she says, hey, so sorry I'm late. What did I miss? You missed one flashcard. And Elena says, just that Stefan's the tutor from hell. And he says, hey, take that back. Ha ha ha. Number one, he hasn't done anything to be the tutor from hell. And number two, can you quit with the flirting? Like, oh my God, is this fucking Catherine again? Do we need to get the traveler knife for you? Because why are you acting like this? Yeah. And then Elena says, Bonnie, I'm kind of surprised you're up for studying, considering. And Bonnie says, considering what? She's like, say it, Elena. You wanted to bring it up so fucking bad. Say it. Yeah. Elena says, the other side falling apart. She's in denial. And Bonnie says, no, I'm not in denial. Um, I completely understand that the other side is disintegrating. And as the anchor to the other side, I'm only alive as long as there is another side. I'm perfectly aware of the threat of my impending death. There's nothing I can do about it. It's called acceptance. Fifth stage of grief. Look it up, tutor guy. She's like, I actually know my psychology. She's like, and look, it's, yeah, it's not ideal, but what the fuck am I going to do? Yeah, it is like, what is she going to do about it? Stefan says, definitely in denial. And Elena says to Bonnie, hey girl, I've already lost you once, okay? We're not doing it again. It's not an option. Not to mention what's going to happen to Alaric and your grams and everyone else over there. So what are we going to do? Well, it's like, Elena, you don't see any of them. So it's kind of like, who really cares where they go? For all you know, Alaric found peace. Like, yeah. we haven't heard from him in a while. He could have been sucked up. Anyone could have been sucked up in this time. Just because Bonnie isn't, like, seeing it all the time. Like, she's clearly not looking for it. Exactly. Bonnie says, okay, if you guys promise to stop hovering, I'll ask Liv if she has any witchy ideas. And we can see in the background that Liv is here because this is where she works. She's like the one bartender they have, apparently. She can't find a break from these people. She's like, I'm just here working my job. Can you guys not hang out here? Like, Don't you guys have a grill in Mystic Falls that you like? That apparently is only 15 minutes away at this point. <laughs> and that has a much better <laughs> chicken club than this place does. <laughs> Bonnie says, besides, don't we have bigger problems with the travelers trying to take over Mystic Falls? Hard to say which one's bigger, but yeah, worth asking. I mean, that one at least you can maybe do something about. Yeah. Stefan says, oh, Damon's already on that. You expect Damon to just handle that completely on his own. Yeah, and Damon's just independently doing that and it'll be done. Be serious. Elena says he is. And Stefan says, did I say Damon? I meant to say George. (laughs) George Glass. (laughs) (laughs) Elena says, Damon said he never wanted to see me again. I guess we're both in denial to Bonnie. And Bonnie's like, I really don't give a fuck. 
Bonnie's like, I'm done listening to this about your relationship. Either you guys are broken up or you're not. And like, just tell me either way one time and then you don't have to mention it again. Can you just be together or break up? Pick one. And then we go over to the Lockwood house. It is in disarray. Things are thrown everywhere because they're looking for the traveling knife. Jeremy says, whose nasty ass boxers are under the couch? And Matt says, not mine. I actually do my laundry. Matt's like, I try to stay clean. It's y'all's fucking fault this place is gross. I'm the one with the deed. Yeah. I'm taking care of it. Exactly. Matt says, so the thing is, it's not in the safe. And Jeremy says, or the kitchen cabinets, or the garage, or the bookshelves. The traveler knife is gone. Here's my thing. After Liv said, Jeremy, you're the one person who can't be controlled by travelers. Maybe you should just take a second and move it. Don't tell anyone. And this is the problem. They do this all the time. It was the same thing with the Moonstone. If you know you have like one thing that the other team needs, why don't you just keep it on your person at all times? Yeah. And the white oak steak, it's like, why are you just like putting things like, I understand you're hiding it. I think it's just better maybe for the person who can't be controlled by travelers to have it on his person. When I understand the safe makes sense, you put it in a safe. But again, you just got told that travelers like to take over. You got evidence that they took over Sheriff Forbes. Let's say, hey, you know, we clearly have this one thing that they need. Let's just have Jeremy hide it. And then none of us can ask where it is until we need it. Well, to be fair, they might not have the confirmation that they took over Sheriff Forbes. Oh, that's true. Because the only person who confirmed it was Tyler. And then he talked to Caroline. And so it's unclear. Oh, yeah. And Caroline thought Tyler was still Tyler. So Caroline probably didn't tell them. But regardless, they were suspicious of it beforehand. And again, that was the bigger problem last episode was the lack of a buddy system. Everyone went out individually. And that's why we are where we are now. And Tyler's regretting that big time this week. Exactly. Matt says, are you sure Tyler hit it where he said he did? And Jeremy says, obviously not. Jeremy's like, obviously, we don't know where it is. Damon arrives and he says, ding dong, invite me in. And Matt says, you know what? We can hear you just fine from there. (laughs) This is the thing. Again, I've said it before. I'll say it again. If you have a house that has limited people invited in, keep it that way. Just don't invite people in. You can talk to them outside. And especially, you don't need Damon in because what will he do? Kill you? Yeah. And Damon says, oh, sorry, I interrupted whatever weird little ritual you two were doing. But I just want to de-passenger the great citizens of Mystic Falls using your magical traveler knife. So hand it over. Matt says, so that is going to be a problem. (laughs) And Damon says, five words that make me want to vamp toss my keys into your chest cavity. Little Gilbert, help me in the fight against my dark side. Elaborate. Jeremy says, okay, um, to elaborate, we can't find it. And Damon says, so you lost it. And Matt says, well, well, I wouldn't put it that way. (laughs) I wouldn't say lost. (laughs) Damon says, yeah, you're right. Don't invite me in. I will kill both of you. And Jeremy says, okay, well, Tyler said he hid it in the piano. And Damon says, and when was the last time you heard from Tyler? As soon as he asks this, Jeremy and Matt are like, you know, we should have thought to ask that. It's like, what have you guys been talking about? You guys have just been tearing across the house. None of you tried calling Tyler. And, you know, don't even get me started on how ridiculous of a hiding place the piano is. Yeah. (laughs) Like, that's worse than the fucking soap dish. Exactly. (laughs) Then we go over to the new Traveler HQ. It looks to be an abandoned mall. We start with a shot of literally a chandelier in a shopping cart, but the chandelier's on. So it's like, what's the deal here? The production designer had a little bit of fun here. They went to a Lamps Plus and said, I think we can we can mess around with some of these. Tyler like wakes up as himself 
Mm-hmm. And he's freaked out. He says, oh, my God, where the hell am I? And Mirko is looking right at him and says, not here. Veet. Got him there. <laughs> we got him pretty quick. <laughs> Tyler does, however, learn the right lesson from this interaction. But we'll get to him later. Yeah, he takes that and he says, okay, that one was a mistake. I can build on this later. He said, okay, <laughs> note taken. <laughs> so now Julian's back. We now know the name of the passenger inside Tyler. His name is Julian. So we're going to refer to him as Julian when he's Julian and as Tyler when he's Tyler. So Marco says, welcome back, Julian. Um, <laughs> he's all chained up, which Julian doesn't love. And Marco says, apologies for the precautions, but you're passengered into the body of a hybrid. It's hard to know how long you have until his consciousness returns. And Julian says, well, I see we moved again. At least this is a step up. Depends how you define step up. I mean, at least there is a roof. Yeah, I was going to say it's indoors. <laughs> But at least the junkyard, you all had your own little like kind of room in that you all had your own abandoned car to sit in. And here you're all just sitting on linoleum with like sparking lights. I mean, I don't know. Pros and cons. That's that's what you get being a traveler. <laughs> Marco says, just trying to keep our people comfortable in a place with no beds. Okay. Um, <laughs> he says, with luck, our days of striking camp are numbered. Sloan approaches. Uh, so she's alive. I watched this episode and I was like, oh. Because I thought she was dead. It's also confusing. I mean, again, I can't nitpick everything about the Travelers because it's all too stupid. Yeah. But the Travelers did have the doppelganger blood in their system when they did that fire spell, which also does happen to be vampire blood. Yeah. Well, they burned up. And obviously, Sloane wasn't a vampire from that thing. Who knows? Anyway, Sloane's alive is what matters. Maybe the doppelganger overcame the vampire blood because even when they turned Sloane, they have to use Tyler's blood. So I'm just... Just a guess that somehow doppelganger is more important. And I will point out that I noticed Sloane did not go on the other side. So I'm going to call that a win for me that I I didn't say she wasn't dead. But maybe as the ringleader, she just didn't have to die because we didn't see her pass through Bonnie. So maybe she was just like doing the spell and everyone else just passed through. Anyway, whatever. Her days are numbered. <laughs> She's alive for now. <laughs> Marcos speaks to the group. He says, 2,000 years ago, the witches put a curse on our tribe so nature would turn against us should we ever attempt to settle as a people. And it's like, why are you telling them this? Don't they know it? Which it's because I don't follow it, but... They're like, we've heard this one. (laughs) Get some new material. He says, we have lived without a home, roaming like cattle. The prophecy states we can break that curse, but in order to undo a witch's curse, one must have the power to undo a witch's magic. Our faithful Sloan has volunteered to be the, how do you say, guinea pig of our little experiment? The way he says it, he almost like mispronounces guinea. Like, he he says it kind of like, how do you say guinea pig? The actor is doing his darndest to make any of this make any sense. (laughs) Yeah. My favorite line is, in order to undo a witch's spell, you have to undo a witch's magic. And I'm like, are those not the same thing? It's like, okay. Okay, yeah, that, I guess that makes sense. It's that video that's like, are you getting it? And she's like, "Uh uh-huh. And she's like, I'm not getting it. (laughs) And it's so funny thinking of this scene and then thinking of Enzo later and being like, is Marcos really supposed to be like the main enemy right now? Because he's giving me nothing. Yes. And again, no hate to the actor. He's doing his best, but not an ounce of charisma here. Yeah. These parts of the episode, it's like, why are we doing this when we could be paying attention to Enzo? Yeah. I just feel, again, my main problem with season five is like, 
we get so much good stuff in that first chunk of season five, including the Augustines, that I think could carry us a lot further than they let it. They could have definitely made this like an Augustine season with then Enzo or like discovering, again, this survivor's guilt or trauma of being in that situation. Elena coming to terms with, you know, what her father has done, this medical approach. Yeah, we very rarely deal with like the family legacy aspect of it, which I think is a very interesting aspect of it. Yeah. I just think that we could have spent more time on the Augustine stuff and gotten rid of travelers altogether. And I think this season would have been better for it. I think a lot of the Traveler stuff came because of the Nadia storyline and Catherine. And I hate to say it, I think we could have, you know, cut a lot of that. I honestly think Catherine could have just been out of town this whole season and not died and it would have been good. It does feel like the Traveler thing was introduced for Nadia and it just like kind of got out of hand. Yeah. Anyway. Meanwhile, while Marcos is talking, he cuts a wound on Julian's hand Mm -hmm. to get some blood. Because it's Tyler's hybrid blood. And he has Sloane drink it. Marco says, you ready, Sloane? And she says, I am ready. And he slits her throat. And she's like, damn, you were going to slit my throat? She said, hey. <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. And at this point, I'm like, so their plan is to turn into vampires? Which seems like a stupid plan. It would be if that were their full plan. Obviously, it's not. We'll get more into it. But at this time, it is like, what? It's like, why is that part of it? Like, why do you need doppelganger blood for this? You could have just been vampires this whole time. Yeah. We go to an outdoor town square area. At first, I think we're meant to believe it's Mystic Falls, but it's actually near Whitmore. Of course, who knows how close the two actually are. Enzo is walking around. He's walking right by a lingerie store. (laughs) (laughs) And he gets a call from Damon and says, to what do I owe the pleasure? And Damon says, you wouldn't happen to know where I could find a traveler, do you? And Enzo says, you know, travelers, vagabonds and the like, I haven't seen any. Why? And Damon says, well, because I've got two brain dead teenagers who didn't realize two plus two equals one hijacked hybrid. Yeah, he's like, I don't know why I had to explain this to them. It was pretty obvious to me. Yeah. Enzo says, don't envy you there. And Damon says, what do you say? Field trip? I'm sure there's some salvage yard we haven't toured yet. He says, I think it's a little too dangerous to let Tweedledee and Tweedledummer out of the house. Last thing we need is another traveler possession in our midst. And Enzo says, you know, I would love to join you, but sadly, I've got to take a rain check. I'm late to meet some people. And he hangs up and he arrives at Skullbur. Bonnie is staring at Liv and Liv's like, what? And Bonnie's like, oh, nothing. Well, I guess not really nothing. More like a rhetorical question about how to fix an imploding supernatural purgatory. She's like, okay, well, now that you asked, can you do me a massive favor? Yeah. <laughs> But Liv gets distracted because she sees Enzo and she says, oh, great, he's here. And Bonnie's like, you know Enzo. <laughs> and Liv says, yeah, not a fan because he kidnapped her brother <laughs> and he's hijacking her whole day. Yeah, she's like, I already have to be at work today. Now I'm like getting roped in on this too. Stefan spots Enzo and he is in his hater era because he has a foul attitude from the jump with Enzo. <laughs> <laughs> he really does. He says, what are you doing here? And Enzo says, what? I can't join my friends for a cup of tea? And Stefan says, Damon, your friend singular isn't here and we're a little busy right now. Doing what? Studying? Yeah. You guys did one flashcard. Like, you clearly aren't here to study today. Enzo sits and Stefan says, by all means, have a seat. And Enzo says, no need to be rude. I've come here for a chat. He's like, excuse me, just like calm down. He says, Elena Darling. Perhaps Caroline told you I've been searching for someone I once knew, a woman named Maggie. 
And Elena says, your elusive girlfriend from the Augustine days. And Enzo says, Maggie worked there as an observer, taking notes on my behavior. We briefly flash back to see them and we see Maggie for the first time. And they're just like staring at each other lovingly. Me, If I'm Maggie, my notes on his behavior, are, he was looking very sexy today. <laughs> yeah, my notes are all Maggie plus Enzo forever. He was sitting sexily. <laughs> I know she got her ass fired. <laughs> He was sitting sexily. He drank blood sexily. <laughs> Dr. Whitmore's like, is he sluggish? She's like, I didn't notice. Uh, no, he's he looks more like a Tyson Beckford than a slug. <laughs> She's like, well, okay, uh, what's the word for how he was acting? I guess sexy? Oh, I already said that. <laughs> he's like, use a different word. Uh, Hot? Sultry? <laughs> Seductive? Cute. Um, British? Did I say British? Did I, he has an accent. That can't be. That can't be overlooked. Have you ever talked to him? He's really charming. He's really nice. Doctor Whitmore's like I only saw his eyes. <laughs> Enzo narrates as the two are smiling at each other. He says she never got too close, never took off her vervain bracelet, but we spent hours and hours talking, and we developed an attachment. Don't think I didn't clock that this is a girl with short hair. From the back, I was like, is this about to be Cat Graham? I know. Interesting, interesting. Just it, just interesting, just interesting. For any truthers out there shipping Bonnie and Enzo, who knows? Who knows if they'll ever date? Who knows? Not me. I was shipping a little bit today. Fair enough. When he had her in a headlock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I said, ooh. I said, <laughs> my ears perked up. <laughs> in the present day, Enzo says she left in 1950. You know, I imagined her one day teaching at one of these fancy universities, starting a family. Living her life to the fullest. I'm sure you two can appreciate that. And Elena says, what's going on? Well, and don't even get me started on how'd she get the job at the university after working in this underground lab that no one was allowed to know about. But, you know, you dream your dreams, Enzo. Yeah. Enzo takes out a piece of paper and says, that traveler girl Sloan gave me this yesterday, making good on a promise from the Augustine files left behind by our good Dr. Wes. Elena looks at the piece of paper. It's a photo of Maggie decapitated. It is very much, you know, the traveler's like, we'll help you find Maggie, we'll help you find Maggie. The same way Atticus Shane was like, oh yeah, Haley, I'll find your parents. And then he says, they're dead. Here's their grave. And she said, you said you'd find them. He said, I found them. He was so foul for that, but he was right. <laughs> he got her there. And you know what? The travelers got Enzo here too. Because they said, yeah, we'll find your girl. Here's a picture of her decapitated. Yeah, they said, oh, we know where she was. We just Googled Maggie James death record. We just Googled Maggie James obituary. <laughs> Came right up. Elena's like, oh, okay. Uh, she gives the photo to Stefan. And Stefan looks at it. And Enzo says, yes. Imagine how I felt when I saw it. Turns out, Maggie died in 1960 in Mystic Falls. Someone tore her head right off her body. And at that point, it's hard to not suspect Stefan. Yeah, it's like, mm, that does sound like Stefan. <laughs> And Elena says, hey, Stefan, in 1960, were you? Enzo says, oh, a ripper? Clearly. And Stefan says, actually, I wasn't a ripper then. I'm really sorry about your friend, but I had nothing to do with it. And at first it's like, okay, be honest, Stefan. I kind of felt like I was like, why would Stefan lie about this? I mean, yes, I would sooner believe he didn't remember who he killed when he was a ripper. But like, he knows when he was a ripper. Yeah, he knows timelines of when he was a ripper, specifically there's a, when there's a specific day. Mm-hmm. But also, he, like, famously loves to get people's names. But Enzo is hearing no logic. Yeah, because he's like, no, I have the evidence I need. 
she died in Mystic Falls with her head cut off, case closed. Yeah, which, fair enough. Yeah. Enzo says, I thought you might say that. Liv, a little service here, please. So Liv comes over, does a, a little aneurysm spell on Stefan and Elena. And Bonnie says, Liv, what are you doing? Stop. And Liv says, I can't stop. Sorry. <laughs> Liv's like, sorry, I'm on my own path today. Yeah, I have my own thing going on. You all got here at nine. A lot happened between the hours of eight and nine. It's a busy morning. Enzo says, that's my fault, really. Where's Luke? And some guys bring Luke in. And Enzo says, I compelled a few guys from the rugby team to keep her brother's life in jeopardy. So should the witch disobey, he will die. There's a good soldier. <laughs> Luke's like, don't worry, guys, I'm good. Luke's like, no complaints from me over here. <laughs> no one had to compel me, let's say that. <laughs> I'm happy with my guys here. <laughs> he said, I would love if you could send a couple of vodka crayons back. <laughs> Whenever you get a chance. <laughs> Liv ends the spell and Enzo says, okay, Stefan, are you ready to talk about what you did to the love of my life? Enzo is drinking bourbon. He pictures himself and Maggie in the cell. He's very sad. As he's having his little, you know, pity party over in the corner, Luke says to Liv, like, hey, you should tell him to use me instead. And Liv says, yeah, I don't really think he's up for taking orders. Besides, I'm older than you. Luke says, by five minutes. So for... Fans of the podcast who know we're twins, I bet you're all wondering, who's the Liv, who's the Luke? Take a second and think and guess. Okay, now that you've guessed, I am the Liv, it's me, Grace. I'm two minutes older than Stephanie, the Luke. Big loss for me, big loss for me. Yeah, big loss for you indeed, big win for me. Enzo says, okay, get him out of here now. And and Luke's like, okay, come on, boys. (laughs) He said, let's go, boys. Uh, Liv (laughs) says, what are you doing? And Enzo says, get him out. And the boys take him. And Enzo says, too many witches under one roof makes me nervous. I'll let you know if he needs to die. Stefan and Elena are tied to chairs with vervain rope. Enzo says, that vervain water is going to hurt even worse if you struggle against those knots. Chaps in the sailing club. So uh, the guy who tied them up is a compelled guy from the sailing club. Elena says, how'd you compel everyone here? And Enzo says, the place opens at eight and you got here at nine. Do the math, college girl. (laughs) He said, you guys all were too lazy to get here when it opened. You gave me a whole hour. Yeah. He said, I ate breakfast before I did anything. <laughs> Took me 15 minutes. The service here is great. Liv's really good at her job. <laughs> Enzo says, I will gladly release them all once you admit you killed Maggie. And Stefan says, you know, I really would love to, except I have absolutely no idea who she is. Which only pisses Enzo off more because he's like, you killed her and you don't even know who she is. Enzo says, that's what this is for. Police found it on her body at this crime scene. A journal. So she was journaling. Weren't they all? He reads from the journal. June 10th, 1951. Found a job at a preschool. I love the kids, but still I feel lost. Listless. March 1953. While my girlfriends have all found love, for some reason I can't seem to connect with anyone, as if a part of my soul is missing or dead. My sister said there are more men in the city. Maybe I'll move. So at this point, we can assume that, like, once we know that he compelled her to leave, we can assume that she's forgotten he's existed, but she does feel his absence, and that's why she's listless. Yeah, she can't quite fall in love because she already is in love, but she just doesn't know with who. Mm-hmm. And then Enzo says, now it turns out she did move to the city in 1958. What city? It's impossible to say. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what do you mean the city? Whichever one you think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he says, and in the move, she uncovered a box that she hadn't touched in years. Medical journals from 1950 covered in notes about a special vampire patient named 12144. And again, her notes are all like, this guy is so hot, I'm in love with him. And she said, oh my God. She said, well, there it is. She said, so I already had a man after all this time? (laughs) She said, damn it. 
And she said, hey, he was a vampire. She's reading her notes. She said, he was British? She said, fuck. <laughs> Enzo says, of course, when she came back, Whitmore House had burned, and it was concluded that I perished in the fire. So we'll remember the fire happened New Year's Eve, like 1957, turning to 58, I think. I, yeah, I remember it was New Year's Eve 1958. I don't remember if it was end or beginning of 1958. It doesn't really matter. She finds out about the fire after it has happened, but she's pretty close to the time it happened. Like, she just missed it. Yeah. Should have moved to the city sooner. Yeah. And when she got there, it was concluded that he perished in the fire, obviously. Mm-hmm. And Enzo says, you're a journal man, aren't you, Stefan? Now, Stefan, all you have to say is like, yes, I am. And actually, another thing you might not know about me, I write down the names of everyone I kill in an apartment in Chicago. I know it's a long commute, but go over there and look, there won't be a Maggie James. Yeah, I decidedly write every name down and I wouldn't have not written her name because I wouldn't have known she mattered to you. So I promise her name would be there if it was me. There's no way to reverse engineer it now. It would have been nice if he had his journals, but of course he doesn't. Stefan says, you know what? This is ridiculous. In 1960, I was cleaned up. I was barely feeding on people, let alone killing them. Then Bonnie's on her phone, but for some reason she has the typing sound on. Girl, turn it on silent. So Enzo hears that and he says, oh, great. Uh, Good idea. Let's call Damon. So he calls Damon. Damon answers and seems to like not even clock that it's Enzo calling from Bonnie's phone. But whatever, let's not unpack that. (laughs) Damon says, how is it travelers are everywhere until you actually need to find one? And Enzo says, oh, Hunt going poorly then? And Damon says, that's what I get for working with the Hardy Boys. And Enzo says, hey, change of subject. I take it you don't have Stefan's diaries handy. I need to check his journal for an entry on November 8th, 1960. And Damon says, oh, no, Stefan burned his journals a while ago. He was in a mood. Why? (laughs) And Enzo says, I'm just trying to settle a debate. No matter. I'm right. (laughs) Icon. Uh, He says, how are you hanging in there? I heard you exiled Elena from your eyeline. And Damon says, how'd you hear that? Are you with them right now? And Enzo says, not for long. I reckon one will be dead soon. Eye for an eye and all that. And Damon says, whoa, 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 Enzo. Damon's like, hey, what are you doing today? He said, big leap here. What's happening? He said, maybe I should have checked in on you a little earlier. (laughs) Damon says, you have your murder voice on. I need you to speak very slowly and calmly and tell me what the problem is. And Enzo says, the problem, if you must know, is that my girl Maggie, the one that got away, it turns out she didn't get away for long. Your ripper of a brother took a big bite out of her neck in the 1960s. And Damon says, 60s? Stefan wasn't even... And Enzo says, I don't want to hear it. Got a jet. Enzo says, well, no, I'm not listening to any evidence that it's not true, so you can stop talking. Yeah. He says, nothing personal, just a bit of revenge. You understand. And then he hangs up. He turns to the crowd and he says, any history majors in the house? Trick question. I compelled them all not to speak or react. Uh, (laughs) Never mind. (laughs) We'll use this. And he starts Googling on his phone, 1960. And he reads some highlights about 1960. Ford T-Birds, Lincoln Continentals, unseasonably cold that year. Tuesday, November 8th, John F. Kennedy was running for president. And Stefan says, election night. So then we flash back to election night in Mystic Falls, 1960. Some lady is walking. She's being followed by a man in shadows and there's a whoosh. The woman turns around. It is not Maggie. Mm -hmm. The man who appears is Stefan. Stefan bites her neck and it's like, ha liar. And then he's like, "Mm, you're okay. And he compels her. Forget this ever happened and run. She runs. So we know he wasn't a ripper immediately. 
But he's still drinking human blood, so still like, hmm, maybe he lost control. Yeah, it could be. The woman runs away, and another woman appears. This one is Maggie. Maggie says, gold star for impulse control. Don't worry, I'm not here to judge. That's what you did all the time in Augustine, so why not start again? Yeah, and also, girl, I mean, all love to Maggie. I get why she's doing what she's doing. It would have behooved her to do a little bit of thinking about how best to attack a vampire, and maybe approaching one in an alleyway is not your best move. You know, we all can take a lesson from Connor because say what you will, he did not hesitate to shoot somebody with a wooden bullet. Say what you will about Connor. He was never given speeches, okay? He shot and then asked questions later. He didn't care who was in the crowd. He said, I'm shooting this person. He said, if I kill a kid, it is what it is. I also killed a vampire. Yeah. She has too much information she's trying to get across. And it's like, girl, I know that this is not the vampire you want to kill, but you just saw him bite someone. And yeah, he had impulse control then. But she wasn't threatening him. Yeah, let's be a little, little careful here. Stefan says, who the hell are you? <laughs> and she says, Maggie James. And you're Stefan Salvatore, another vampire. Sorry, it's just also fascinating. And then she takes out a paper and she says, I've been staring at Damon's picture for years. Guess you got the handsome jeans. She's Bitch. just like me for real. <laughs> Stefan says, what do you know about my family? And she says, well, I spent the last two years searching for your brother. I know everything about the two of you. Seven's like, well, I find that hard to believe, but okay. (laughs) He said, we're actually really, really complex guys. Yeah. (laughs) Stefan says, why are you so obsessed with my brother? A question he would later ask Elena many times. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Ayo. Maggie says, he knew a friend of mine who died in a fire. I was hoping you'd know where to find him. And Stefan says, you know what? Why don't you do yourself a favor and stay away from my brother? He's a monster. He fell off the rails a couple years ago. There's no talking sense into him. And Maggie's like, great. Then you might be on on the same team as me in my mission. Yeah, she says, well, it's a good thing I don't want to talk to him. I want to kill him. And Stefan says, so you want me to tell you where my brother is so you can kill him? (laughs) And she says, you just said he's a lost cause. Like, I'd be doing the world a favor. Stefan's like, you know he's my brother, right? He's like, well, yeah, it's different, though, to kill him. (laughs) It's different when I say it. He says, well, it's too bad you're not doing yourself any favors. His veins appear, and then he goes to bite her. We go back to the present day at Skullbur. Elena says, that was Maggie. And Enzo says, now we're getting somewhere. And Stefan says, okay, that's where the story ends, though. I didn't kill her. I was just trying to scare her into leaving town. And Enzo says, oh, so it was the other Ripper in Mystic Falls, then. Yeah, kind of. I mean, it is a town called Mystic Falls. We cannot overstate how many vampires have filtered through there. And yeah, a lot of them are not, a lot of them are ripping. Yeah. Stefan says, I have no reason to lie to you, Enzo. Which, I mean, in one way he doesn't, but another way, like, yeah, you do. You're tied up and held captive. You have every reason to lie. Yeah, you don't want him to kill you. Enzo grabs Bonnie by the throat and says, are your lies worth Bonnie's life? And Elena says, Bonnie. And I'm like, sexy. I'm like, ooh, you too. (laughs) I'm shipping. I hate to say it. (laughs) He's got some chemistry. Enzo says to Bonnie, "Uh, what exactly happens if you die anyway? She says, let go of me. And he says, aren't you technically already dead? Should we find out? And Stefan says, okay, stop. Fine. You're right. I killed Maggie. I tore out her throat and ripped her head off. I completely forgot about her till now. That's the truth. Now let her go. It's not even a believable lie at this point. Yeah, it's obviously a lie to everyone but Enzo, who is just looking for confirmation of the story he's been telling himself. 
Well, and even Enzo, when he hears this, you can tell, I think he was hoping that he would hear this and then feel relief. You can tell he doesn't quite feel relief yet. Yeah. Because he knows deep down this is a lie. Yeah. Enzo says, take Bonnie upstairs. Liv takes Bonnie upstairs and says, you okay? And Bonnie says, you know, you can cut the scared hostage act. And Liv says, excuse me. <laughs> and Bonnie says, you know, Enzo might be using you as his little pocket witch, but if he kills either of them, the travelers can't do whatever they need to do with the doppelganger blood and the witches win. And so this does overall work out for Liv. Yeah, she doesn't want them to die, but it wouldn't hurt. Liv says, very clever. You should be a magic teacher. (laughs) And they sit down. Absolutely cutting. (laughs) Bonnie said, shut the fuck up. Bonnie says, you're such a bitch. But you know what? Liv's having an okay day. Number one, yeah, the doppelgangers might die. And she doesn't really have to do that much work today because everyone's compelled to just sit there. Yeah. So it's kind of like a free shift. She doesn't have to make any cappuccinos. And yeah, her brother is held captive, but she's like, oh, something tells me he's okay. She's like, Luke <laughs> with two guys from the rugby team, I think he's fine. She said, what is it, Friday? Yeah. <laughs> Downstairs, Enzo breaks a wooden piece off a chair and throws it into Stefan's stomach. So he's getting right started. Then we go in town. Damon is on the phone and he says, Blondie, now is not the time to be screening my calls. You're the only one unaccounted for. And I don't know where Elena and Stefan are. At least call your mother. So this is all we get about Caroline this episode. She's just not doing anything, but we know that he's checking in. So thanks for checking in, King. She said, no, I actually have to study for my classes because I'm taking real classes. She said, I'm not studying with Stefan and Elena. I can't do this today. Liz comes out of the sheriff's station with some folders. And she says, why the sudden interest in Mystic Ball's history? And Damon says, you know when your brother kills your only friend's girl and you're stuck in the middle? She says, no, I don't. She says, you know that I don't know that. (laughs) She said, why are you saying that that way? So look, Damon, we're friends, but you know I'm not a lurk, right? I yeah. feel like sometimes you forget. Yeah. Damon says, well, then don't ask. And she said, I wasn't gonna. She says, I barely did. She said, I didn't even ask for that first part. Yeah. You could have just said, just looking back on something for a friend. You didn't need to give me any details. She says, okay, 1960. There was a mugging reported November 9th. And Damon says, no, no, it has to be the 8th. He was very specific about the 8th. And she says, oh, okay, then that would be Maggie James, unresolved homicide. Girl, why didn't you lead with the unresolved homicide? Why didn't you lead with the one on the 8th? Whatever. She says, possible serial killer. Damon looks at the photos and he goes, oh, Stefan was right. He didn't kill Enzo's girl. (laughs) Damon's like, okay, there we go. (laughs) And Liz says, oh, how do you know that? And Damon says, yeah, the thing is I did. He said, oh, this one was 100% me. At Skullbar, Enzo is playing with a lighter. It does have MJ on it. Yes, it is Maggie's lighter. He's looking at the fire, and this flashbacks him to when he was in the cell with Maggie. They're playing a song called, um, it goes like, locked in a cage. I think this is the scene where they're doing it. Yeah, yeah. It's very, it's like, we got it. He's locked in a cage. Like, no, I see what's happening. <laughs> Maggie talks to him and says, it's the only way to get you out of here. Make me a vampire. I'll save you. We'll run away together. Don't you want to be with me? And he says, more than anything in this world. Girl, how is the only way to get him out of here turning you into a vampire? Don't you have access to the keys? Yeah, just let him out. Like, maybe Dr. Whitmore is the only one who has keys, but you have enough freedom. I bet you could figure out a way to get him. Yeah, he lets you sit in there forever. Just take the keys. And her being a vampire, what's she going to do? break the cell that he can't break why not just bring in more blood it's like it seems like she just wants to be a vampire which same girl yeah just not a very thought out plan maggie says i'm ready okay dr whitmore's back you need to hurry 
He says, come closer. He bites his wrist and says, take my hand. She goes to take his hand to like drink his blood, but instead he tears off her vervain bracelet, drops to the ground. And he compels her. He says, leave, never come back. When you go, forget I ever existed. Forget I love you. She does start to go. And then he says, wait. And then he grabs her bracelet and says, it must have fallen from your wrist. And she says, sorry. She takes the bracelet and she goes. And so he wanted to set her free, even at the cost of his own happiness. He's so sweetie pie. Then at Skullbur in the present, Enzo, like, you know, re-enters the present. Yeah, he's done with his flashback. And he says, anyway, where were we then? And then he twists the stake in Stefan. (laughs) And Elena says, okay, you can stop it. You made your point. And Enzo says, sorry, what was that? I couldn't hear you over all the... And then he twists the stake again. Stefan screams. (laughs) Upstairs, Liv is like, you know, cringing. Yeah, because she's just hearing this guy scream. Bonnie's like looking at Liv. And Liv's like, oh, I'm sorry. Is there a more appropriate reaction to torture? And Bonnie says, you know, this whole time I thought I was doing you some favor by teaching you magic. And you're more powerful than I ever was. And Liv's like, yeah, it was embarrassing for you. Liv says, yeah, I was giggling. (laughs) (laughs) Liv says, it's nothing personal, okay? It was our job to protect the doppelgangers. You were an easy in, but yeah, the stuff that you were teaching me, I learned in first grade. (laughs) Bonnie said, ouch. (laughs) Bonnie said, okay, you didn't need to put it that way, but whatever. Bonnie says, does your coven know the other side is falling apart? And Liv says, why? Scared you're not going to make it through to finals? It's like, girl, I know you're giggle giggling, but yeah. (laughs) But Bonnie says, it's not about me. I have friends there, my grams. I mean, there's got to be something done that can be save it. A spell, a ritual, something. Stefan screams. Downstairs, Enzo says, you know, I used to scream too. But for me, it wasn't so much the sharp instruments as it was the fingers. Like I was a ball of dough and then he sticks his fingers in Stefan's wound. Stefan's screaming. Mm-hmm. And then Damon enters and says, this is depressing. And then he looks at all the people and says, is the stadium seating really necessary? <laughs> He's like, this is a little goofy, Enzo. Even you can say that. He says, these people are starting to creep me out. And Enzo says, you know, if I didn't know any better, I'd think that was a veiled attempt to get me to release the damn hostages. And Damon says, oh, I'm sorry. Was that veiled? Release the damn hostages. (laughs) Enzo says, whose side are you on? And Damon says, oh, there's sides now. And Enzo says, you know, you were there with me in Augustine. Don't tell me you've forgotten what it was like to cling on to the one thing that kept you from feeling pain. And Damon says, Enzo, boy, I get it. The prospect of seeing Maggie again was the one thing that kept you from shutting it off. But she's gone. There's probably a chapter in Elena's psych book about it. And then he points at Elena's up. He's like, what are you two, study buddies now? Yeah, he's like, and don't think I didn't clock this. Why are you guys hanging out? Yeah. Elena mouths to Damon, like, what are you doing? And he kind of like shrugs. He's like, give me a second. I'm getting through to him. Damon says, the thing is, I didn't know she was your Maggie. And Enzo says, okay. What are you talking about? Enzo's like, well, what do you mean by that? And it's like, oh, Enzo, I think you already know. (laughs) Yeah. Damon says, she didn't tell me her name when we met. And Enzo says, and when exactly was that? And Damon says, November 8th, 1960. (laughs) So then we flash back to November 8th, 1960 again. They're in the town square. There's a group of people watching the election results. Uh, the JFK hive over there. Yeah, JFK's fan club, because, man, they are glued to that screen. Oh, yeah. Maggie then approaches Damon, and Damon narrates, I'd gotten a message at the house saying a lady wanted to buy me a drink. Naturally, I was curious. He got a message that some random person wanted to buy him a drink, and he said, sure. He said, why not? 
Maggie says, you know, I'd like to interview you for an article I'm writing. Interesting cover. Yeah. What is the article about? How'd you find me? These are questions I would be asking. But his humanity switch is off, so he doesn't really give a fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be honest. He's just looking for something to do. Because he's also probably like, oh, realistically, I'm going to kill this woman, whoever she is. So, yeah. I'm either going to have sex with her or kill her. So I really don't care what she says. Or both. (laughs) Damon says, oh, yeah, what are you thinking? Life magazine? And she says, not quite. I am with the Whitmore College Alumni Gazette. And she's, where is my cigarette lighter? Damon says, oh, Whitmore. Spent a lot of time there. And she says, oh, then you remember the fire of 58 at Whitmore House? He says vividly, it was incredibly hot, very loud, lots of screaming. So I heard. She says, I'm afraid that's a little glib to quote for the Gazette, seeing as over a dozen people died. He's like, okay, well, then ask me an actual interview question. Yeah, he says, sensitive readership, gotcha. (laughs) And then he says, you know, see, I have this switch in my brain. I feel something I don't want to feel. I click it off. It's it's gone. Easy as pie. He's like, you know, not for nothing, girl. I don't have feelings right now. So he said, I don't really give a fuck. (laughs) Yeah. She says, you really are a monster. And she takes out a needle slash syringe. But of course he catches her arm because there's no element of surprise here. She raises it up so high. Like it, she has to get some force going into it. Like sneak it in. You don't have to go fast. Just put it in his stomach. Or just say after you walk into the bird, da ding. Yeah. I don't know why she felt the need to do this here. She's, oh, I know why she's led by emotion. Yeah. So he grabs her arm and says, you know, I'm not a fan of needles. But then he sees the crest for Augustine and says, oh, an Augustine. How refreshing of you to find me. I usually have to hunt you people down. He grabs her throat, lifts her, and just tears her head off midair while everyone's cheering about JFK in the background. And then he just like leaves her body there and walks off. And, you know, obviously this is not like the nicest thing ever, but I can't blame Damon for this. He got out of Augustine. He said he was going to kill everyone connected to it. And suddenly this person with an Augustine needle wants to knock him out. He has to assume she wants to bring him back into captivity. Of course he's going to kill her. Yeah, it's hard not to be on Damon's side here. She didn't introduce herself. If she had introduced herself with a name, I think it might have been a little different. I mean, his humanity switch was still off, so I think maybe he might have ended up killing her anyway because, again, he thought Enzo was dead. But it is like he saw the Augustine crest and a syringe. He thinks he's getting kidnapped. Of course he's going to kill her. Yeah. And then Damon narrates. He says, you know, had she got me with that vervain injection, things would have been very different, but she didn't stand a chance against me. Back in the present... Stefan says, and you made it look like I did it. Stefan, why do you have to say this? This is not about you right now. Shut up. And also, like, I know that he did make it look like you did it, but it's like, Stefan, you know, other people are capable of decapitating. You don't have a copyright on decapitation. Like, you should be happy other people are doing it. It makes you look less crazy. But it was targeted, actually. Damon says, you know, Maggie was the hope that Enzo clung to. You were mine. And when you didn't notice I was missing for five years, let's just say I held a grudge. Damon's like, remember how you felt when you were missing for three months and no one knew? Mine was five years. It is kind of hard not to be on Damon's side here in any of this. Like, it's obviously very unfortunate for Enzo and it's unfortunate for Maggie, but Maggie went about it the wrong way. Damon was defending himself. I'm not mad at him for this. Yeah. Enzo says, you killed Maggie. And Damon says, I didn't even bat an eye. My switch was off, Enzo. I did a lot of terrible things, but I didn't do it to make your life miserable from every angle. I did it because I didn't care. Damon's growth continues that he's like, yeah, I did that. Like, I'm not necessarily proud of it, but I can't change that now. Yeah. And again, 
he thought Enzo was dead. Even if Mackie had said, I'm Mackie, you killed Enzo, he probably would have killed her anyway out of guilt. Yeah, exactly. Damon says, just do whatever it is you got to do, okay? You want to kill me? You want to hate me? Do it. But this is between us. And Enzo is upset because he actually doesn't want to kill Damon, even knowing this. Yeah. He was kind of hoping he could just kill Stefan, who he already doesn't like. Yeah, he already didn't care for it. Now he had an excuse to kill. And Stefan is his number one competitor in Damon Salvatore's new BFF. And it's really hard to overcome the sibling. Yeah. Enzo says, that's the problem, Damon. I don't want to hate you because if I hate you, then I have nothing left. Dixie just found out Maggie's dead. Yeah. Then he says, there is another option. And he closes his eyes. And it takes everyone so long to figure out what he's doing here. It's pretty clear he's like, I'm done. I've had it. He goes through some, like, memories. Remembers compelling Maggie. Remembers Damon telling him he flipped his switch. Blah, blah, blah. Remembers pictures of Maggie's body. And then Damon realizes what's going on. He grabs Enzo by the shirt. And he says, Enzo, don't. (laughs) And then Enzo opens his eyes. And we hear like a music crescendo. And he says, you're right. I don't have a care in the world. Come on and flip the switch now, baby. So he flipped his humanity switch. We go back over to the Traveler HQ, the mall. Again, it's like, oh, yeah, we got to do this. It's like, oh, yeah, you guys are here. Tyler wakes up and we see his gold eyes. So we know it's actually Tyler, not Julian. He blinks. But this time, no one's looking at him and he just keeps his mouth shut. This is the thing about travelers. You have so many people. One of you has to be on look at that guy all day duty. Yeah. If you can figure it out and know to just stay quiet, eventually they'll let you out of the chains. Exactly. And there's a worthy distraction because Sloan gasps awake after drinking blood and seeming to turn to a vampire. It appears her transition has begun. Yes. Mirko says, how are you feeling? And Sloan says, the lights are flickering and that bugs me. Mirko says, all part of your transition. He gives her a blood bag. She drinks. Marcos goes on to give yet another speech. He says, vampirism originated from the magic of witches. And it is in the prophecy that the blood of the final two doppelgangers will undo witch magic. Sure. It's like, which witch magic are you talking about? Yes. <laughs> At this point, I was like, does he mean just vampirism? And I, you know, so I got, I did say cure. Yeah. But it took a second to get any real confirmation of anything exactly he takes out two little vials and says the last of our doppelganger blood and he pours the two into a goblet those last travelers who burst into flames man they were guzzling that blood that's all they have left (laughs) no they had huge buckets (laughs) sloan drinks the blood and tyler watches then that's all we get there we'll talk more about what all of this means once we get the rest of the answers from them yeah back at skullburr and so you know, drinks some bourbon from a glass. He breaks the glass. And then he says, this is fun, not caring. And then he breaks a bottle. His not caring is he's just breaking shit. <laughs> Damon says, yeah, motion free. Bye-bye, humanity. Love it. Enzo grabs another bottle of bourbon and he holds it up and he says, to Maggie James, for whom I feel absolute and blissful detachment. And then he drinks. And Damon says, okay, uh, so what do you say? We get out of here. Where was it you wanted to go? Cape Town? And Enzo says, Cape Horn. He says, you never listen to me. (laughs) Damon says, even better. While Enzo's back is turned, Damon hands Stefan a piece of glass to cut the rope. Enzo says, all right, everyone's free to go. Show's over. He releases all the humans and says, don't worry. I compelled you all to think you spent the day studying like the good students you are. And they all leave. They all take their tests the next day. And they're like, man, I don't know shit. 
What was I doing yesterday? I was studying for eight hours straight and nothing stuck. (laughs) And then Enzo points at Liv and says, except you. You stay. I want to test something. And the test he wants to do is he bites her neck. And then he drops (laughs) her and says, look at that. I don't even feel obliged to say thank you. It's like, okay, that wasn't really a necessary test. Now was it? Mm -hmm. Damon goes to kind of attack Enzo. But Enzo grabs a bottle, breaks it, and stabs Damon in the neck. Then Stefan breaks out of his ropes, jumps and punches Enzo. Uh, But Enzo splashes Stefan with vervain water. And then Enzo vampire runs and takes Elena and goes. Mm -hmm. And Damon says, bastard, let's go. And Bonnie says, no, please. Hey, Stefan, like someone, we got it. We got a dying girl over here. Yeah. She's like, hey, before you guys go, can you heal this girl right quick? We only have one witch left. Well, two, but we like live more. (laughs) Damon says, you deal with her. I'll find Enzo. And Stefan says, he's going to kill her. You know that, right? And Damon says, I can handle him. And Stefan says, he wants to hurt you in any way that he can. You can't save him. Interesting from Stefan, who thinks everybody can be saved. Yeah, how many times have people said that to you about Damon and you don't believe them? Again, Stefan is in such his hater era this episode. And like, I don't know, I get he's not really like team Enzo on things. But I don't think Enzo has, I mean, I know Enzo kidnapped him and Elena today. But it's not like he's done anything that bad to them. Yeah. Like, Damon has tortured Stefan at least that much. Yeah. He's mad because Enzo went on a road trip with Caroline. He's jealous. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Damon says the witch is dying. So Stefan goes and gives Liv his blood. Liv drinks. And Bonnie's like, you can go. Like, she's going to be fine. And then Stefan runs. (laughs) Then outside somewhere, Damon is on the phone. He calls Enzo. He's leaving a voicemail. He says, hey... I need you to come find me and I will give you a first class ticket to Cape wherever it is. Hell, I'll even come with you. I mean, let's face it. No one's going to miss me here, but don't hurt Elena, okay? You leave her alone. I swear I'll never ask you for anything again. He hangs up. You want to ask him for anything again, it appears. Yeah. Somewhere on the quad of Whitmore, Enzo is like dragging Elena. And Elena says, you know, if you were going to kill me, I'd be dead. And Enzo says, I think you mean when I kill you, you'll be dead. (laughs) Elena says, I know how you're feeling. And he says, "Mm, that's the point. I feel nothing. And she says, you just lost. Everyone who's had their humanity off loves to give this advice, knowing full well that it didn't work on them. Yeah. Like every time someone said to Elena, like, you actually do care deep down. She said, oh, no, I don't. (laughs) Nice try. (laughs) Enzo throws Elena to the ground. And Elena says, you know, you think cutting all this out of your life is the answer, but you're just biding time until it all comes crashing back. And he says, well, I won't let it come crashing back. (laughs) That's how we're different. Enzo says, I know why Damon doesn't want to deal with you anymore. You don't shut up. The thunder starts. Enzo kicks a sign to get some wood. Mm -hmm. But Elena is able to get her tied up arms around his neck and attack him. And the vervain rope burns him enough. Mm -hmm. He tosses her and then he breaks her neck to kind of, you know, shut her up. Yeah. But then Stefan appears and says, hey. And Enzo says, Stefan, where's Big Brother? And Stefan says, I don't know. Guess I found you first. Damon dilly-dallying once again. And then we have, you know, great fight begin. Stefan tosses Enzo into a car. And Enzo says, ouch, hope it's insured. (laughs) Giggling. Giggle. And then Stefan punches Enzo, beats him up, and then Enzo kicks and knocks Stefan to the ground. And at this point, it's raining. The fight is getting sexy. We take a break from the sexy fight to go back over to Skullborough for a second. Ooh, you get back to the sexy fight. <laughs> Bonnie gets Liv some water and Liv says, can you call my brother? See if he's OK. And Bonnie says, already done. He's fine. 
So you're probably going to get fired. And Liv says, yeah, probably. I don't know, because they don't seem to have any other bartenders. Yeah. Liv says, you know, you asked if there was something you could do about the other side. And Bonnie says, oh, did you think of something? Short answer, no. Yeah, Liv says, <laughs> here's what I thought of. Say goodbye to your friends, Bonnie. And Bonnie's like, well, why? <laughs> Liv says, the other side is just like any other spell. You know how that works. Just like any other recipe or math equation, remove one component and the whole thing implodes on itself. When those travelers let Marcos escape, boom. I mean, I guess it depends on the component you removed because when Jamie came back, everything was good. That's what I don't really understand, especially about this, because also the easiest way to say like, oh, the other side is falling apart because of a change. You change the anchor. Just say it's not as steady. Just say like the change of anchor made it fall apart. When you've had people come back to life before, and I know that like we didn't see Jeremy ever like pass through the anchor specifically. But he must have. I feel like the justification we have to make is that like we're just following this recipe metaphor. And when it brought Jeremy back, it was like taking out the like pinch of salt from the cookies. And when you brought Marcos back, it took like the flour. Yeah. So it's just like a bigger component. Either way, she's basically like, sorry, girl, it's not happening. Bonnie says, but there's always another spell, a loophole, a sacrifice, something. And Liv holds Bonnie's hand and says, Jeremy loves you. He deserves to know you're leaving. Do you really think there is no way to stop the other side from collapsing? I mean, I think I could see there not being a way to stop it from collapsing. But I think there's a way to stop it from like taking Bonnie with it, essentially. Sure. I bet you could find a way to stop from collapsing, but I think it's going to be collapsing. And I think it's a matter of who makes it out of that collapse. I mean, we talked about this at length, I think, in the last episode. But when it collapses, do you think everyone just dies or do you think people? I think a couple people are going to come back. And I think you know which two I'm referring to. Yeah. Alaric and Enzo. Cole and Jenna. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Well, I do think it's possible Cole comes back. I'll throw that out. Finn and Sage. (laughs) Catherine. (laughs) From wherever she went. (laughs) Then we go back to the quad. Damon finds Elena unconscious. She's, you know, tied up, knocked out. He unties her and then he says, you're okay. And he, you know, carries her like a bridal carry. Uh, Her hair is looking stunning. Elsewhere on the quad, Enzo and Stefan are still, you know, participating in their very sexy fight. And it looks like Enzo's kind of getting the upper hand. Enzo kicks Stefan's head into a car window. And Stefan seems kind of weak. He's like leaning against the car. Mm -hmm. And Enzo says, I bet you wish you murdered me back when you had the chance. And Stefan says, I sure do, King. Yeah. (laughs) Enzo says, but Damon would have been furious. You know, I think it's time we both stop coddling him. Enzo pulls open the gas tank in the car so it starts spilling gasoline around where Stefan is. And Enzo says, now where is my lighter? Maggie's lighter, I should say. He pulls out Maggie's old lighter and he says, you know, I wonder what she'd think of all this. Of course, who knows what lies in the great beyond for a mere human being like Maggie James. Probably nothing. It's probably just as well she's not watching this. I believe it might upset her. And he gets a light on the lighter. And then he says, should we burn together, you and I? Perhaps just you. Stefan's like, I'd rather not. Here's my thing. It's a Zippo lighter. You can blow that out. I know if I was Stefan, to be... <laughs> Stefan then grabs Enzo's heart and it's meant to be an intimidation tactic he's gonna look back on that one with regret he sure will he says my brother sees something good on you and Enzo on you on you sorry <laughs> yes. Yes. his face yeah. 
<laughs> that smile. <laughs> Stefan says, my brother sees something good in you. And Enzo says, and you? Isn't there a part of you that thinks I can be redeemed? And Stefan says, not with your emotions off. You won't stop till you kill Damon. And Enzo says, you know what? Better yet, wouldn't it be a sweet piece of revenge when Damon finds out you killed his best friend? Now, Stefan, move that hand out. Yeah, Stefan's confused. He's not quite sure. He's like, well, oh, no, I'm just trying to intimidate you. I'm not trying to kill you. He's like, I'm not planning on killing you. But then Enzo says, have fun sorting this out with your brother. And he pulls himself back. So Stefan is sitting there just with his heart in his hand while Enzo dies. He gets gray and veiny. Such a fucking power move. It is such a power move. When I first watched this, my jaw was on the ground. He said, I could just kill myself. I could let you kill me. I'm going to make this the worst possible situation for you. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to make you kill me, but not even actively. Yeah, I'm just using your hand as my suicide weapon. Stefan is freaked out. Yeah, because he was like, I wasn't going to kill him, but I just did apparently. And he grabs Enzo's phone out of his pocket, and then he listens to the voicemail Damon left, and he says, okay, time to enter my cover-up era. He said, okay, uh, I just started watching this new show. I think I can take some lessons from it. It's called Pretty Little Liars. Uh, (laughs) Let me write a text really quick. (laughs) We go over to the Whitmore dorm. Damon puts Elena on her bed, and he sits with her. And then he checks his phone and he has a text from Enzo, but it's obviously from Stefan that says Cape Horn it is. I love Stefan said, I'm not doing any punctuation. I don't really know this vibe. So I'm just putting the words. Uh, What's the shortest text I can do that says Cape Horn without giving this away? Yeah. But then Elena wakes up, but Damon is gone and the window is open. Barry Edward Cullen. Yes. Later, Stefan arrives at the dorm. She lets him in and they hug for like a couple seconds too long for my liking. It's like, why are you guys hanging out at her dorm? He says, you okay? And she says, yeah, fine. Just still a little bit confused about how I got here. And Stefan says, is Bonnie here? And Elena says, no, she never came back. So I think we're meant to believe that Stefan, his first move was going to be telling Bonnie, but then he ran into Elena. I think his goal was to tell Bonnie and be like, hey, keep it a secret when he comes through. And I think he should have, kept with that plan and just said like, oh, I just wanted to make sure she was safe. Bye, Elena. Yeah, I just want to make sure you're both safe. See ya. But instead, Stefan says, Enzo's dead. And Elena says, did you? And he says, yeah. Okay, first of all, King, how about we normalize providing context? Yeah, I think the context is key here, uh, especially given the fact that, let's be real, the secret is not staying with Elena. I just think you should say like, well, like technically, yes, but it was really more of a suicide. That's what you should say. Yes, but it just, it got messy and Enzo wanted to take revenge on me and this is how he did it. Like, I think that's a key detail here. Elena says, does Damon know? And Stefan says, I basically just killed my brother's only friend. It's been a tough year for Damon. Has it though? It's been a tough year for you too. And to be fair, Damon did kill your only friend. That's true. (laughs) So if we want to get into fairness, I mean, I don't support this move. Of course, Stefan didn't choose to do this, so you don't really need to support it. But it evens it out a little bit. Let's say that. Stefan says, don't you think it would be easier if no humanity Enzo just left for parts unknown and was never heard from again? He's pitching this as if it's like something they're working on together. This is the decision he already made. He sent the text. He's already made the choice to do this and took the first step. He's like, 
this would be a good idea, right? And if you say no, I'm going to ignore that because I already chose to do it. Yeah, the cover-up is underway. <laughs> yeah. Elena says, Stefan, I don't know if I can. And Stefan says, listen, Elena, Damon thinks Enzo left town. We need to keep it that way. We barely got him back. This would destroy him. First of all, the reason Damon thinks Enzo left town is because you already told him that from Enzo. So there's literally no reason to bring Elena into this at all because he's already made the decision what he's going to do. Yeah. Now, granted, is it the wrong decision? I think so. I think he should just go to Damon and say, here's the tea. This is what happened. I have my hand on Enzo's heart. He pulled himself back. It was suicide. He wants you to turn on me. Yeah. I just don't understand why he's keeping it a secret from Damon. I don't know how long he thinks he can keep this cover up going. I think he just doesn't want Damon to have to face this because he knows that he knows that Damon needed this friend, especially with the breakup. But I think it's it's the same thing of like Damon not telling Elena that he killed Aaron. It's like just because it's going to hurt someone doesn't mean you shouldn't tell them like the truth always comes out. Do you think this cover up is going to work? No. How long do you think? Stefan can keep this lie up before Damon finds out the truth. How many episodes? Oof. Um, one, maybe two, but I, I think it's probably one because also, you know, I, I said this when we were watching, I alluded to it already in the episode. Enzo's coming back. Enzo's coming back when Alert comes back when the other side collapses. Okay. That's just a fact. That's <laughs> what you're going to see. That's just what's going to happen. I'm not concerned. Enzo will be back. Well, we saw plenty of him as a ghost, so he could be back you know, as a ghost. Uh, he'll be back as a vampire in the, the human plane. Okay. Let's go Let's go further then. <laughs> do you think that Damon will accept this cover-up or do you think Damon will look for Enzo? Oh, Damon's going to look for Enzo. I mean, we hear basically from him as much so far that he's like, this is someone who like fought for me and told me not to give up on people. Enzo, if nothing else, is always reaching for people that he believes in and trusting people. And Damon, in his growth, is focusing on his inner growth and reflecting on what relationships he has mean, you know? And I think he's he sees Enzo as a big part of that, and he's going to want to find him. Yeah. But Elena nods and agrees to keep this secret for now. Mm -hmm. We go back over to the Lockwood house. Jeremy and Matt and Bonnie are catching up. And Jeremy says, we think Tyler's with the Travelers. It took you all day to come up with that? Guys, whew. That must have been a workout for y'all. Yeah. I'll say that. <laughs> Matt says, and we're stuck here because Damon said he'd twist off our kneecaps if we left. That is visceral. You guys know you can still leave, right? Yeah. He says that shit every day. Bonnie says, hey, Matt, do you mind if I talk to Jeremy for a second? Matt's like, I mean, I guess if you want to take over my living room in my house, yeah. fine. Matt says, no, I don't mind. Glad you're okay, Bonnie. He leaves. And Jeremy says, Oh, you've got your super serious face on. And she says, do I? <laughs> I wonder why. She says, you know, in light of the Tyler thing, it's probably nothing, but... And Jeremy says, oh, come on, Bonnie, what is it? And she says, this whole thing with the other side, I don't know what's going on, but if it does go away... And she looks at him and he looks like sad a little bit already. Yeah, because he's like scared she's going to say, I'll probably die. <laughs> and then so she whips out and says, Liv thinks there might be a way to save me. And then he's so excited and she gets a call and she says, oh, hang on, it's Stefan. She picks up the phone. She says, hello. And Stefan says, hey, who are you with? And Bonnie says, Jeremy, why? And Stefan says, well, here's the tea. Enzo's dead and I don't mean to put this on you, but Damon can't find out. 
Yeah. He said, and I don't want to put this on you, but I'm guessing you already know or will know pretty quickly that this is the situation. So keep it to yourself. And Bonnie just smiles at Jeremy and he says, Bonnie. And Stefan says, Bonnie. And Bonnie says, yep, understand. And then she hangs up the phone and Enzo appears and says, damage control, is it? And Jeremy says, Bonnie, what's going on? And she says, nothing. Just someone passing through uh, to the other side, a werewolf or something. Enzo's like, ouch. (laughs) Enzo says, go on. Keep your little secret. You'll see me again. Did I mention how good I am at revenge? And then he passes through. She said, wow, he is sexy. I've not looked at him before. Bonnie's like, that one didn't hurt at all. That one went down smooth. (laughs) (laughs) And then we go back over to the traveler camp. Again, it's like, oh my God, you guys again. (laughs) Like, oh shit, we're here. Because it's like, okay, so she's a vampire, I guess, or not. Here we are. Yeah, so we check in again. They're chanting. Tyler is like fake chanting. <laughs> Tyler's like, okay, I guess I'll do this. He's he's, <laughs> he's two icon. Sloane wakes up and Mercos says, okay, enough chanting. The moment of truth. Are you still a vampire? Or is the prophecy true? Did the doppelganger blood revert you back to your human form? She cuts her hand. Her hand doesn't heal. And she says, I'm not a vampire anymore. And Mercos says, congratulations, Sloane. Then he says to everyone, if we can undo the magic in Mystic Falls, we can undo the witch's curse that prevents us from finding a home. We'll finally have a place to settle. And then he turns to Sloane and he says, sadly, I'm afraid you won't be able to enjoy it with us. And her throat wound reopens. And it's like she gets her throat slit again. She dies. Oh, I didn't realize that happened. I thought he like stabbed her or something. No, he doesn't. The wound just reopened on its own, which then he goes on to explain what happens. He says- The doppelganger blood removes magic. Unfortunately, without the magic of vampirism to keep her alive, Sloane has reverted to her final human state. So now she's just, and Tyler says, dead. Marco says, exactly, Julian. Uh, She is dead. And Tyler says, who the fuck is Julian? (laughs) Marco says, such is the fate of any vampire that tries to live in our new home. We're almost ready to begin our work, except we're going to need a lot more blood. So this is actually... The Traveler's goal. The Traveler's goal is not just to settle in Mystic Falls, but to eliminate witch magic, a.k.a. natural magic, within Mystic Falls, because if they eliminate magic, they eliminate the curse. A side effect of eliminating magic is that it will eliminate vampires because the only reason vampires exist is because of magic. Yeah. So what happens to vampires if they are affected by this thing they want to do is they'll all revert to their dead human selves, essentially. Okay. Does that all make sense? I'm glad you said it, because I didn't follow it when he said it at all. Yes, I thought you might. It is very deeply confusing. Well, and here's here's my thing that was confusing me about this. Yeah. Because he said within, like, a new home. Now, it's already stupid that they picked a town that had vampires. Just pick a town that isn't supernatural, and then you don't have to worry about people stopping you in that way. But I'm not even going to get into that. I was like, well, if the doppelganger is magic, shouldn't Stefan and Elena both be humans already? They have doppelganger blood in their system. Well, that's the thing that is confusing about this. I think that we're meant to assume... Maybe they need both blood. A, that they need both blood, and B, that they need to, like, ingest it. Like, it doesn't count if it's in your veins. I don't know. It's. I think we're meant to believe they need both blood. This eliminates natural magic. But so then do you guys still get to have your passenger traveler magic? That is what's unclear. 
I think essentially the idea is like, yes, but they wouldn't need it. Because they can just live. Yeah, and they can kick out any other magic people so they wouldn't be under attack. It does just seem like, why don't you guys each move to your own place and make some new friends? Well, it just seems, I mean, again, it doesn't make a ton of sense. As a big picture goal on the surface, like eliminate magic is like vague enough that I think it makes enough sense. But it is unclear, like, are they eliminating magic just in Mystic Falls? Are they doing it everywhere? It's, and isn't that kind of like an overreaction to one spell? Yeah. I know that one spell, it causes you a lot of grief, but isn't this a lot of work when you could just, I don't know, kidnap a witch and make them undo the spell? I just don't really understand. It also just seems like, I mean, I get that whenever they come together, there's famine or disaster or whatever. I don't know why they wouldn't just like, live in smaller groups not in abandoned places do some trial and error yeah or like see like maybe you can have 10 people here and like 10 people 10 miles away yeah it just seems like they could have they could be using their time a little bit more thoughtfully than like eliminating all magic on earth it just seems like a kind of overreaction and we know it's been like two thousand years it's like you guys haven't figured a way out of this yet Yeah, it doesn't make a ton of sense, but this is the Traveler's goal. They want to eliminate magic, and a side effect of that is basically eradicating any magical supernatural creature, most important to us being vampires. So it's not really a cure of vampirism. It's like it brings you back to who you were right before you transitioned, which of course is someone who died. Yes, exactly. Which like in Sloane's case is a woman who got her throat slit. Yeah. In like Stefan's case, it would be a kid who got shot. Elena's going to drown again. Yeah, exactly. That's the traveler's goal as we know it now. Okay. Thank you for spelling it out for me. This is the part where it starts to make a little bit more sense because there's actually an actionable goal. Yeah. But again, there's my problem with the travelers is like their goal is to get rid of natural magic. A lot of their goals earlier in the season, like just don't make a ton of sense when you compare it to that. Yeah. I mean, I'll say this. My guess of blowing up the moon, not far off. There is one episode where you say they want to get rid of natural magic because you said something about natural magic. And I said, do you think they want to get rid of natural magic or like limit it? And you're like, I don't know, probably limit it. Getting rid of it's a lot. And I'm like, yeah, girl, it is. It is. It's an overreaction. Tell me about it, girl. (laughs) So that is the traveler goal. Finally, we know what it is. The only person we have to now describe that goal to people is Tyler. And if I couldn't follow it, I'm not (laughs) sure about him. Tyler's going to say, I got to be honest, guys. I have no idea what's going on over there. These are the things I remembered them saying. If you guys can put that together to make sense, I would love that. Don't ask me any follow-up questions. Yeah. So let me go back over to the Salvador house. Damon pours himself a drink and Stefan comes in. Damon first says, I know. And Stefan says, hmm. Stefan says, gulp, what do you know? And then Damon says, I know what you're thinking. I screwed up. I'm the reason Enzo's in our lives. I'm the reason he wants us dead. It's all my fault and I'll fix it, okay? He was there for me when I was at my worst. I'll find a way to be there for him. I'll get him back. I'll fix it. And then he drinks. And he says, did I leave anything out? And Stefan's like, "Uh, yeah, that he's dead. (laughs) (laughs) Stefan says, I checked on Elena. She's all right. And Damon says, I know. I found her on campus. She was unconscious. I took her home, tucked her in. Stefan says, you didn't leave a note. Damon says, you know, I think I'm past trying to earn points for good behavior, Stefan. He's just doing it because it's part of his personality. Mm -hmm. Stefan says, you know what happened today wasn't your fault. And Damon says, that's very noble of you, brother, but we both know it's not the truth. (laughs) 
And Stefan says, either way, you know, just me, just a thought. I think it might be time for you to, I don't know, leave Enzo alone. <laughs> and Damon says, I can't. And Stefan says, oh, come on, Damon. He's not your responsibility. Stefan says, oh, Damon, I really think you can. <laughs> it's just funny because this is another problem with this cover-up is it requires Stefan to be like, eh, I give up on him, which is something that Stefan will never fucking do. <laughs> Damon says, oh, what? You think you're the only one who gets to play hero? Well, you just don't think I can do it. And Stefan says, well, I don't think you can do it. Not your fault, but he is dead. He says, I don't think you can do it, but it really has nothing to do with your ability. Why I think that. Stefan says, I think he's not worth saving. And Damon says, you don't know what you're talking about. And Stefan says, really? Damon says, yeah, because you know what you never knew? The whole time I was in that cell, every time I'd say something terrible about you or blame you for not coming to rescue me, Enzo would bring me back from the edge. And Stefan says, oh, no. Stefan's like, oh, damn. Stefan says, yeah, I, I know you guys were close. And Damon says, Enzo reminded me that at least I got to grow up with a family. At least I had family still out there, which was more than he could say for himself. Said he envied me for having a brother. And Stefan says, oh boy. Stefan's like, yikes, Enzo knew what he was doing here. <laughs> Stefan says, even a crappy one like me. And Damon says, even a crappy one like you. He defended you, Stefan, even though he didn't know you. Said it was good we had people on the outside, people just living their lives free and clear of our Augustine hell. People worth holding on to our humanity for, because we love them, and all that time as a prisoner, every time I wanted to give up on you, Enzo stopped me from hating you. That's why I have to help him, and I owe him for that, and so do you. <laughs> Stefan said, well, I wish you would have told me this a couple hours ago. And <laughs> Stefan says, well, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> do you got any more bourbon? <laughs> anyway so you're not gonna look for him right i think that's what we came to <laughs> so i think we can all agree that he's happily in cape horn and we shouldn't call him well i wouldn't bug him it's just me then enzo on the other side appears so he's there but Stefan and damon don't see or hear him enzo says too late to make amends damon you know me never let go of a good vendetta and this one's just getting started I mean, you did let go of the vendetta for Damon leaving you in a fire, but yeah. <laughs> That's where we end the episode. So I have to ask, what's Enzo going to do? <laughs> you know, potentially use Bonnie to get at them somehow. I, I mean, that's the only one he can talk to. If he's capable of haunting, which I don't really think he is, he could mess with some stuff. We know that people from the other side can't really mess with the physical plane. Yeah. So I think it's more likely messing with Bonnie. And perhaps falling in love. Perhaps falling in love along the way. That brings us to the end of this week's episode. As always, if you are enjoying Doppelgangers, please tell your friends and give us five stars rating review on Apple and Spotify podcasts. And follow us on Instagram at Doppelgangers Podcast. But that's it for this week. Until next week, goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother.